You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio in various Colorado and Arizona beer districts. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over one million times all over the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all of your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. We welcome you all tonight to our February Won't You Be My Valentine celebration. I don't know what that means, but I do know that we have a very special guest, a trail show VIP, if you will. We will. For tonight's trail of the month. We will. Before we get to that, P.O.D., can you tell us what's on the menu? Well, it is February, the shortest month of the year, so we're hoping this is going to be the shortest show of the year. How about that? Um, we'll leave it right there (laughs) (laughs) fantastic well um i think before we get into trail news we should talk about mike de lorenzo's beer of the month delo take it away i don't have any beer this month dude you have a box of beer what do you mean someone took it off his porch man it was not there it was not there when i showed up it was gone all right i'm lying that's not true I do have a box of beer. It's upstairs. I'll get it in a little bit. What? My first beer. My first beer what? tonight. After month after month of complaining that you don't get any beer, no one ever sends you beer. You don't get distributions from the Salida mafia. Now you get the distribution and you don't have it with you. What no, is I'm going to go on? get it. I'm going to go get it. Just relax, man. Oh. Uh huh. Oh my, my first beer tonight is going to be the yinling hershey's porter <laughs> oh come on all right all right we'll let you pass we'll let you pass <laughs> that's gonna be my first beer tonight then i'm gonna finish up with the trogues crazy elf oh yeah in a, ch- a chalice yeah so oh and a chalice, oh, and a chalice. I, hope a chalice. You're gonna, I hope you're gonna drink the hershey porter uh at room temperature oh no no <laughs> don't no. do that man yeah no Mm-mm. is it is it really that chocolatey we, uh, we, we didn't, didn't drink, drink it, it. Oh, you guys just bailed on it. Well, I don't like porters anyway, so okay. I was like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm this. curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I bet you it comes in at a whopping like 4.25 ABV. I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. Triple O, you have some local beer this evening. What are you drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking the Papago Cherry Blossom, which is a black cherry wheat from Hus Brewing company in arizona which it says brewed with love since 2013 by 24 people who care so apparently 24 people have brewed this and yeah it's very nice it's got a nice little cherry flavor to it it's five percent did you say that's hussy brewing is that what you said hus oh hus but you know i don't know who these 24 people are you know hussy is some of them 
Well, I've got the Lush Puppy Juicy IPA from Bootstrap Brewing Company out of Longmont, Colorado this evening. It says it's a juicy IPA with orange peel. Comes in at a 6.3 ABV. IBUs are 3,250,000. So. <laughs> Whoa. I'm Delicious. not having any drink yet. I may partake later, but I am back on the... Uh, max dosing of ibuprofen for 10 days so i'm not partaking in very much alcohol at all that's probably a good thing so yep all right let's uh get into trail news ladies and gentlemen tonight we have trail news here it is item number one meteorologist have recently confirmed that a bolt of lightning set a record for the world's longest flash, extending almost 477 miles across Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. This left the mega flash just eight miles short of the Colorado Trail's entire distance. Wait, wait a minute, a- POD, what, what did you call it? Mega flash. D-Lo? Mega flash. Mega flash. <laughs> uh, just eight miles short of the Colorado Trail's entire distance. A relief to the FKT community who complained that it wouldn't have counted anyway since the flash didn't announce its intentions intentions to attempt a record, (laughs) did not carry a GPS device. Some experts noted that it was a cloud-to-cloud flash, so posed no danger to humans, while other experts noted that Louisiana residents are no strangers to mega flashes. Mega flash. Although most of them happen on Bourbon Street around Mardi Gras. Oh, boy. There's a lot to unpack there. Is there really? (laughs) No, there's not. (laughs) I didn't think so. Okay. You ready for the next item? Item number two. Item two. This is serious. The National Park Service is studying whether a 51-mile route in Texas walked by some of the last enslaved peoples to win their freedom in the United States in 1865 should be designated as a National Historical Trail. The trail would honor the events of June 19th, 1865, Juneteenth, when U.S. Major General Gordon Granger issued General Order Number 3, informing Texans that all enslaved people had been freed. Remember, they were the, the last state. If the Park Service approves a proposal, it will be sent to Congress where some experts expect bipartisan support, including from Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who has said as long as the Park Service agrees to also commemorate his own personal flight to freedom last year via United Airlines when he abandoned Texas during a catastrophic (laughs) winter storm for the Ritz-Carlton in Cancun. This seems a fair comparison. Dig it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This goes dying. (laughs) Uh, Is the the 51-mile trail piece of that story serious? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm just make I'm just clarifying. It would be the second I think the Selma to Montgomery, there's a historic trail for Selma yeah. to Montgomery, and it would be the second one honoring like the struggle for freedom. Yeah. Equality. Yeah. Very good. Yes. POD, item number three, please. Item number three. For years, doctors have discussed the healing qualities of nature and prescribing trips outdoors is a growing trend for battling a wide range of conditions. Now doctors in Canada can prescribe a trip to a national park to their patients. 
there's a huge body of, of research showing that nature time can improve all kinds of different physical and mental health conditions from diabetes and heart disease to ADHD and depression, Dr. Melissa Lem said. And we talked about this, I think it was Scotland or one of those countries, maybe it was Finland or Sweden that was started doing this years ago. Hashtag forest bathing. Okay. Oh there yeah. Yeah, we, we touched on this when it was still forward thinking. Um, yes, doc, Dr. Melissa Lim. The US healthcare system is expected to quickly run the idea once they figure out how to charge patients $2,500, for example, for a $30 park entrance fee with one well-intentioned insurance executive stating, will climbing Mount Rainier in winter help your 87-year-old grandmother more than a pricey life-saving MRI? Not at all. But in our view, one good storm and it's much more cost-effective. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great news. <laughs> Anything else, Beauty? <laughs> Nope. All right. I think that's that, it. That is all the news that's fit to be heard. Thank you very much. That was very informative. Yes. Um, okay. We finally got some audio from the vampire. Oh, he's and, alive. Yeah, he's alive. He's been missing for some time now. Um, but I'm happy to report that the German vampire is is with us. And he sent in an update. So let's find out where he's been. Hey Trejo, this is uh, the German vampire. Um, yeah, I'm back with a report on how my trip over the Balkans uh, ended. And uh, yeah, Dilo reminded me over the phone that I should uh, get my stuff together and do this. So here it is. And um, yeah, it really took me some time to get over the post trail blues. And uh, I also wasn't able to uh, finish the trail um a few weeks uh, short so um i uh, finished in croatia if you want to look up uh, on the wikipedia there's uh, bora the uh, kind of wind phenomenon there's some nice pictures about that <clears throat> cold and strong wind are the words to, to look for and um, I also thought about what to say about the trail and I think also to refer to trail show 78 shout out to L train which um, really nicely described the trail so I just uh, have uh, a few points that are special to me and I think that uh, maybe distinguish the trail from other trails so uh, first uh, the thing it's one uh, 260 kilometers long and over this distance you have 40k of elevation gain so it's pretty steep and there was this nice guy I met hiking uh, from Myanmar and when he flew back he left me this uh, book um, and now I can also translate this into uh, the units you are used to page 400 come on vampire it's called miles 40 yeah so that should be about uh, 34,760 square bushels per cubic inch. <laughs> there you go. So uh, the three points uh, that were important to me and that I think are 
Different from other trails is uh, landmines, sad stories and hiking dogs. But wait, there's more. Coming to the first one, landmines. So there's landmines from the Yugoslavian war and um, it's unclear signing where they are and uh, where not. Sometimes there's uh, overgrown or damaged uh, signs. So you're not sure about this. The locals don't seem to care, but it's still scary scary as hell and i think it's uh, the arch enemy of any hiker or human and the other thing is uh, sad stories um so um, these are stories from world war one and uh, the yugoslavian war that you will uh, walk by and read on plates and uh, that's uh, a different thing and that can be quite also going to your mind the last and rather happy thing is uh, hiking dogs. So not hiking with dogs, but dogs that are obviously bored and live in a village. And once in a while, uh, they decide to follow a hiker for several days. So that happened to me two times. I had a dog following me for two days and also with a substantial elevation gain and uh, kilometers. And um yeah so i did not give any water or any food to the dog um i think in both cases only um yeah gave them a pet short one and uh yeah they would just uh follow along rest when i rest and uh, uh had uh, fun going to the mountains as i did and this was um yeah quite a funny experience although i didn't at first know uh, on how to deal with that and um, then later when I heard this that this is a normal thing then uh, it was funny so um, where to get information uh, about that if you also want to go there so uh, the blog from L train is um, not on the web anymore so I will give two links uh, to disco um, the one is from a um, guy that several times through hiked uh, the trail that now lives in Bosnia and does some uh, tourism there. Really nice guy. And the others uh, from a um, Swiss couple that hiked it two times. They have a blog only in German, but um, they have very good GPS tracks. And uh, I think you can throw it into Google Translator and you can also contact them. And yeah, that was uh, the last part from my Via Dinarica and yeah happy to have you trail show and uh vampire out the German vampire had a dog follow him for a couple of days and that reminded me uh, of the reindeer in you triple o yeah yeah I mean I'm glad that it worked out well I'm glad he's still alive I'm glad he's making friends yeah these dogs uh, what what was that reindeer's name Theodore, Theodore Jones. Jones. Theodore Jones. Right. I had almost forgotten about that. Well, yeah. um, I tell you what, we've still got about 10 minutes before our Trail of the Month guest makes his appearance. So why don't we do our trip reports right now? Okay. Uh, same as last month, I haven't gone anywhere except for the chiropractor and the physical therapist. Oh, oh no. Have you been getting electrocuted via dry needling? Is that what yeah, I, mean? I should talk about that. So there's this thing called dry needling, and some people may know what that is. They basically take acupuncture needles and they stab them in your muscles and then wiggle them around and it 
makes your muscles freak out, tense up, but then they fatigue and they relax. And I love it. A lot of people don't like it. They think it hurts or it feels gross. Um, so the chiropractor said, suggested doing it. And I was like very enthusiastic about it. And he was like, wow, okay. And then the next time I went, he did it. This is in my butt, by the way. And he did it and he hooked up the electricity machine thing to like four of the needles. So you can buy these little pads that you can stick on your skin to run electricity through your body. And it does similar things, but it's the surface muscles. It's like a tens this one, unit. This one, this time the needles went deep, deep into my SI joint. And so the electricity was running like all the way deep, deep in there. And it was amazing. I could have spent the whole day there like that. It was fantastic. How do your muscles feel the following day? I mean... They're a little sore, but sore in a different way than they were before, you know, like before it was super painful and then they're sore from being fatigued, but not, you know, I don't feel so much of the like, oh, you know, a bunch of stuff is probably torn and shredded inside my joints and, you know, my hip is wrecked. It doesn't. All feel right. Like your that. minute's up, beauty. Sorry. Okay. Um, we're going to have to cut it right there. Um, Triple O was playing the music. I, I could hear it like somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it just, I felt the need. I just didn't have it queued up. <laughs> what about you, Triplo? I mean, I haven't been on anything big. I've been doing a lot of trail running around here and like getting to the point where you just kind of know the trail so well, you can kind of just wonder. And I think that's really fun. Like if you have like a park that has lots of trails crisscrossing where you don't even think about where you're going to go or what you're going to do, just kind of like go by feel. And I think that's been great. I've been told I have until about maybe April until the rattlesnakes start to come back out. So I'm trying to make the most of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weaver's needle. Yikes. I have not seen Weaver's needle recently, but I'll try and head out there to say hello for you. I know it's a good friend of yours. Yeah. Dilo, what about you? I went on a cross country ski tour about, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Dilo, you're muted. I think POD muted you. No, I think that just <laughs> happened when you started talking about skiing. I don't know what happened. Oh, oh, it's just like this weird trail show, like fifth, like third eye. That It's like an if then in the yeah. programming. Yeah. I feel oh, like, well, I, all right, I'll be brief. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We could talk about dry needling and trail running, <laughs> but we can't talk about cross-country skiing. That's fine. I'll get to the my point. Role. I'll get to the point. On this ski tour was this this ski tour was the tour that I tried to do last March and crashed into a tree at the end. Mm. So Ooh, I found found the tree that I crashed into last March. And and uh my my partner of the day took a picture of me next to the tree that I crashed into last March. And that was pretty fun. And and, and then that's it. I just found Did the you tree. you feel like a I sense just, of redemption? No, not really. I mean, it was a pretty big tree and uh, I probably shouldn't have. And it was like right on the side of the trail. And I probably shouldn't have been skiing that fast right by that tree. So uh, yeah, it is what it is. But I and, found the tree. And then? And then we, yeah. And then we just skied back to the car and went home. And then? But I found the tree that took me out almost a year ago. And then? 
And then about a month later, I got a call from an old friend of mine from college who broke his collarbone snowboarding at a resort when somebody came out of the woods, out of control, crossed his path, skied, snowboarded across his snowboard and knocked him over at high speed, after which he promptly broke his collarbone. And now he is facing a very similar predicament that I was in almost a year ago where he's wondering whether to have the surgery done to put the collarbone back together. And then? Um, and then, and then, and then, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. That, I could a, probably come up with another, no. another trip if you want. No, no, oh, no. yeah. I no, wanted to no say this. There's there. more. There's more. There's more. Just a little bit more. I am learning how to alpine ski. And then? And it's really fun because I go with Mateo, who's six right, years old. We got to shut it down. Wait, awesome. you, you don't know Play how to music. alpine ski? No. <laughs> I know. I've been snowboarding since I was like 17. So I've been snowboarding for 30 years. Yeah. Yep. You know, <clears throat> and I, I just never alpine skied. So it's really fun. I'm on alpine skis. I'm skiing behind my six-year-old. I can almost keep up with the nine-year-old leo but he's just a little bit braver than me he's got his turns down but i'm like not that i'm a little scared to go that fast behind him but i'll get there yeah it's fun well i don't have any fun reports like that to to let loose on i have been doing some short hikes in and around salida mainly on snowy trails as of late we finally got snow in the last month we actually got I think three snowstorms. Um, so yeah, trying to get in shape for March because about oh five weeks from now I'm gonna be headed back out to Arizona to do a little stretching of the legs. Triple O, I'll see you out there, man. Yeah, we're waiting for you. I got to get there before the rattlesnakes show up. That's true. <laughs> March is like the windows closing, man. This, yeah. <laughs> You gonna finish the uh, gonna finish the Arizona Trail, the Muggy on Rim Trail, Muggy on Rim Trail. Yep. Hopefully, I, I will too, but we'll see. Yeah, BOD is TBD. Just keep getting those needles in the butt; you'll be fine. Needles in the butt. I man, I had dry needling done. Little little side note here on my neck, and uh, I had twelve sessions done on my neck back in twenty eighteen, and. I don't want to discourage anyone from dry needling because it's very effective, but dag gum, that felt slightly torturous. And the next day I felt like I had been beaten up. That was the aftermath of a session of dry needling. But it's a good feeling. Well, you're getting it done in your butt. I was getting it done in my neck True. and there's less like cushion and Fat. things. In Is that what you want? I wasn't going to say that, but you can sure. say it. Because I know what I got sure. and I know what I ain't got. Okay. Well, um, by the way, know, oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say, you know, if you if you need to get like a cheaper version POD, you could just sit on a porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not as cheaper. Much work, you know? By the way, we have one more trip report um, from the German vampire. So, uh, oh, I'm gonna play. Gentlemen. I'm gonna play that now. Hey, Disco, I heard you making fun of Triple O with his train trip uh, to the Arctic Circle. Wait until you hear my story. 
so uh, from my town in Germany to Montenegro, uh, Google tells me it's 1,800 kilometers or 19 hours in a car. And what I did, I started on day one in the afternoon with a train to Zurich to take there in the evening the night train. The night time forgot my bed, so I arrived very tired at 10 o'clock on day two in Zagreb. I took a taxi uh, to connect train to bus station just to learn that the bus was late. It was three hours late. And because there was no announcement, uh, I waited for three hours in the sun, which was nice. And then we had a hell of a seven-hour bus ride with uh, no toilet and interesting bus drivers who, because they missed an exit on the motorway, made a new turn on a construction site on the motorway. Also uh, very exciting. Um, but they still arrived late in Belgrade, so I missed my night train uh, to Bar, and then had a, a interesting experience because in Belgrade I accidentally walked into the restricted area of the Serbian National Bank and was escorted out by a, by a guard who, luckily, did not uh, call the police on me. And then I slept on the train station, which was mosquito infested. Day three in the morning had a really nice trip until the locomotive broke down at the border to Montenegro. And we had a four hour delay. That delay led to that I could not see the mountains, which are really nice uh, on this track. So we arrived at bar in Montenegro uh, after midnight and I found some guys who let me share their room with them uh, on the train and I had to get up very early in the morning to take a train back to the mountains on day four um, and then in the mountains I got the wrong stop and made a taxi driver very happy and two and a half hours later and one box of cigarettes for the taxi driver I, which also uh, yogied um, a few beers out of me uh, during the drive, I arrived at my destination in Montenegro on day four. So, Disco, I don't understand why you don't like trains. This <laughs> <laughs> American life comes from... Um, I love that he had to pay, or at least tip him in cigarettes. Yeah, as you do with the Montenegrin taxi drivers <laughs> and sometimes you give them beer because yeah you know, why not they're driving so where was he going from he was going from germany to bar and montenegro yeah I, his, okay. I think to start the hike the, on the got via denarica yeah got it okay yeah, yeah. that that's the that's trip a journey <laughs> yeah that is a journey that sounds uh, a little worse than your trip up to the start of your hike in norway uh triple yeah, it does. It does sound much worse. I mean, he basically said Google Maps says it's a 19-hour car drive, and it sounds like it took him four days, if I got yeah. my math correct. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got our trail of the month. Don't go anywhere. We're going to have Mr. Justin Quality Knowles.
Hi, this is Simon from Germany. I hate hiking and I never listen to the trail show. But I love sauerkraut. Oh, sauerkraut. Alter, is this lecker. All right, folks, the trail show is back. We've got our trail of the month. We've got our VIP guest in studio over Zoom, if you will, this month. Mr. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Thanks for uh, having me. It's good to see how the sausage is made. Oh, the sausage is uh, <laughs> the sausage is being mangled tonight, as you've already seen. Just I feel your... like I feel like that's that's something that Mags would say. That sounded exactly like Mags. The sausage is being mangled. The late. Made. Oh, how the sausage been made? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So rest tonight, in peace. Tonight P-Mag. we're rest in peace. <laughs> um, tonight we're going to revisit a show that we originally. I'm sorry, a trail that we originally covered. In September of 2012, episode number four, the Tahoe Rim Trail. Um, and we weren't very flattering, apparently, when we did cover that show almost 10 years ago. So we've brought none other than Justin Quality Knowles onto the show tonight. Not only has he hiked the TRT recently, but he's also a board member of the Tahoe Rim Trail Association. And we want to talk about all that. But first, let's, let's just talk about the trail. Where is it? I mean, we kind of already know it's around Lake Tahoe, but where is it? How long is it? Uh, when did you hike it? Just give us the nuts and bolts. Perfect. Um, so it's about 170 miles. It's in the state of Nevada and California surrounding Lake Tahoe. Um, I hiked it um, in the summer of 2020, 2021, over eight days. Um, and it's, it's an outstanding trail, especially for, for folks that have time constraints like me uh, with jobs and family. Logistics are really straightforward. Uh, the, the loop has eight very clear segments, each about 20 miles a piece. The resupply spots are very close to the trail. Permits are easy. Uh, there's only one place where you need permits to be able to camp, and that's the Desolation Wilderness as well. Um, it bisects um, national parks, or excuse me, national forests, free wilderness areas, um, a state park in Nevada, at the same time, it, uh, it also um, shares about 50 miles of trail with the Pacific Crest Trail. So it is a great kind of introductory, intermediate, long distance trail. Um, and it's, it's a kind of a nice contrast too. I've been thinking about the trail show, how a lot of the recent trails and routes are really kind of varsity level, advanced level trails with uh, long water carries, um, challenging kind of roof finding. The tile rim trail is, is, is great for you know, someone like me, who has a family who uh, may not be as good shape as he used to be, uh, but really enjoys getting outdoors and, and hiking long distances. POD and I, I hiked the Tahoe Rim Trail way back in the day, and we hiked it really late in the season. I think it was October, which I wouldn't recommend because we got early snow. And I think our first night on the TRT under our tarp, it was in the teens. So it was damn cold and um but that's what happens when you try to hike around lake tahoe in october i mean it can be nice or it can be winter you never know and that's a really good point too it's really interesting how the how kind of fire season is also really kind of impact the tower rim trail um everything from you know smokes to it was actually impacted by the calder fire last year also with with us kind of a smaller snowpack these last couple years people have really been shifting when they hike the Tower Rim Trail. Traditionally, it was from late June to late September. You, know, you were definitely on the shoulder season. 
now people are, are going out in, in early June, even as early as Memorial Day, um, and, uh, and hiking the whole trail to be able to avoid, especially the smoke um, as well. Wow. So I'm, I mean, there were so many fires in and around the Lake Tahoe area last summer. I'm, I'm guessing that shut down the TRT for a good long while. It did. And then it changed my hike last year. So I was going to go for, you know, four days um, in 2020, four days, 2021. I switched it to uh, several kind of day hikes uh, because it was very kind of smoky. So I cherry picked the, the good days to be able to finish the trail. But the good news though, is that with, uh, even though the Calder fire, which um, swept about 200,000, 220,000 acres um, of national forest and impacted, you know, a few miles of trail, but it won't impact anyone through hiking this next year. Uh, they're going to reroute a section from Echo Lake, kind of at the border of the Deschelais Wilderness, south. So they'll cut off about 10 miles of the trail, but you'll be able to stand trail ball you know, most of the way and be able to complete a through hike next year. Um, one thing I just wanted to highlight, too, is it's, it's really interesting, too, with the impact of fire. I mean, it's not just the fire that impacts the trail. Uh, what's really impacted the trail, too, are a lot of the fire breaks that were created um, that really, um, in, in a lot of the places, they use the trail for fire breaks. So there's a lot of trail work going on, being able to help you know, restore the bed, uh, get rid of erosion. Also, folks have to be, especially you know, more fire aware to going through. You know, again, the good news is it's a very small segment of the Tahoe River Trail. They need to watch for you know, overhead. There's a lot of kind of tree wells that have, have burned that can create kind of tripping hazards. So it's you know, not only is the Tahoe River Trail a great place to visit, but it also is uh, emblemic of many of the things that are going on with uh, forests and trails in the West. So it sounds like my FKT won't count because it's 10 miles shorter. Well, uh, I, uh, that's a good point, but we, you can have a special <laughs> FKT for, uh, for this route. So uh, the people that hike the, the Tower Rim Trail are called the 165 Mile Club. It's registered to the Tower Rim Trail Association site. The trail, according to Gut Hook right now, is 173 miles. So uh, your FKT will be very close to the uh, mountains. Okay. And then it sounds like, I mean, this kind of jumping around, but uh, it sounds like there's perhaps a lot of opportunities for trail maintenance on the Tahoe Rim Trail right now. There is, there is. Um, the National Forests are lifting some of their bands in, um, in March and the Tahoe Rim Trail Association sponsors a whole heck of a lot of great, not only um, trail builds, but also training. So if you want to you know, catch up on your, your crosscut skills, your rock skills, it's a great way to, uh, to meet people, volunteer on the trail, and, and really kind of get back. Wow, that's very cool. Um, you know, it's, I was just thinking about the Desolation Wilderness. So I, it, am I correct in assuming that um, the permit that's required for TRT is in that section, that stretch of trail? That's correct. And I call it the Desolation Wilderness. It's the northernmost part of California that has kind of exposed granite. So, okay. uh, you know, many, many thousands of years ago, the glaciers scraped up all the dirt and left uh, the Desolation Wilderness, which is just an amazing set of lakes, kind of, uh, and beautiful kind of granite peaks. Um, you can, what I did last, or what I did two years ago was, I didn't have a permit for the day that I wanted to go. So I camped right on the border on one side and just through hiked it on the other, um, the 20 mile section of the tile, or the Desolation um, Wilderness in one day. But, um, one of the really kind of interesting things, too, is, is you're talking about, there's a real difference between the east and the west side of the trail. Um, the west side of the trail is along the Sierra Crest. It's really characterized by a lot of kind of mountain lakes, alpine lakes, um, kind of beautiful views. Um, when you get to the east side of the trail, uh, you're in the rain shadow of the Sierra Crest. So 
So there's a lot less water. There are some, a few kind of longer water prairies that get up to about, um, you know, 50 or 20 miles later in the season, early in the season, that there's their seasonal streams. But you really see the difference in the trails between the, the two sides based on the geography. Yeah, I remember um, POD and I having to drop down and take like a low route on the Nevada side in October because it was it was really dry. And at that time, I think somebody was there was like talk of maybe a water cache, but we had no reliable info. So we chose to, to drop down. Are there any water caches on the TRT or is that something that doesn't happen anymore? Um, there are um, at, at the different trailhead segments. You'll, you'll go okay. there and you'll just see lots of bottles of water. On the east side, there is a, um, there is a working water pump uh, that the Tower Rim Trail kind of helps, helps manage. They're also looking to, to see if they can drill another water pump uh, to be able to reduce um, that gap in the water as well. But it's uh, the longest you would go would be potentially about 20 miles. But there are um, reasonable kind of um, perennial streams or, or lakes that you can dip down to. Uh, what's the gambling access like on the Nevada side? Do you have access to good casinos with buffets and overnight accommodations and high stakes tables? Um, can you talk a little bit about that aspect of the Nevada side? Well, I'll be able to talk about everything except for the high stakes table. I'm not sure about, about that piece of it. Um, but that's one of the great things about Tower Rim Trail is just this kind of accessibility. So if you just think of it as like a giant circle on the, um, on the southeast corner is a state line where the biggest contribution casinos are. It's, um, you can yellow blaze down to there, um, or you can you know, hike a connector trail that goes right immediately behind the Harris Casino about five miles off trail. Um, and there you can enjoy the, uh, the casino slash through hiker buffet. There's also some nice hostels around there as well. Um, I, I know one of my, uh, when my kids were, Five years old, they met their first through hikers as we were walking through that uh, that downtown area, and they saw someone uh, looking a little scruffy uh, with uh, uh, with their um, their suitcases, looking kind of hungry. So we, we bought them dinner, and uh, my kids were able to interact with them. So not only do you get to go to high school gambling, you get to interact with uh, young um, young kids trying to learn the wisdom of through hiking. Oh, nice! But- does does Harris permit um, through hikers to camp on their grounds on their property? <laughs> I have not seen, I don't know that for sure, but I've not seen anyone camping. Um, I do, though, believe uh, there's some smoke in there. So that might drown out some of the smell of through hiker. Yep. Oh, okay. So you might be able to kind of stealth camp in the smoky casino type of thing. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. If you're lucky. You, you know what? I bet if you were willing to stay up all night, you mm-hmm. could you could spend the, the entire evening in Harrah's. Maybe mm. like prop your eyes open with toothpicks and just like mm-hmm. sit yourself in a is chair. Is that is that the only casino access on the Nevada side, Harris on state line, or is there anything further north of that? There is some in Incline Village, um, mm-hmm. but at that point you're hitting the highest point of the Tom Room Trail. So the Tom Room Trail um, at the uh, northwest corner is about 6,200 feet at lake level. At mm-hmm. that part of the Tom Room Trail, you're up at um, the highest point is 10,300 feet at Relay Peak. So um, the hike is a little bit more, so it'd be better to uh, mm. to catch a ride down just to see Got it's it. kind of an Got incline it. village. Yeah. In, in Mount Rose, um, remind me, it's actually a little bit off the trail. Is it like a side trail or is it on the TRT's route? It's it's a side trail. Um, okay. So it's, this, it's the third tallest mountain in the Tahoe Basin. 
Yeah. It's, I don't remember the exact elevation, but it's around 10,700 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple of peaks. There's Relay Peak, the trail goes right over Relay Peak. There's Houghton Peak, which is about 10,500 feet, which is a 0.7 mile um, spur, so very, very close. And then the Mount Rose, um, which is uh, kind of the Sentinel for the Reno area, it's probably about a, you know, a four-mile one-way um, trip to the top from the Tower Rim Trail. Well, what's the biggest challenge a TRT thru-hiker will face? I, th- I think it's, it's foot care. Um, because especially okay. a lot of the, if I just take my personal experience, you know, I'll train to run, um, but I don't have as much kind of experience hardening my feet, even though I have cardiovascular health. Also, some of the dirt is, is pretty fine, very sandy, especially on the east side. So the combination of not having your feet being hardened um, plus put in potentially kind of long miles to be able to, to maximize it with the fine sand um, creates, could create some challenges for footgers. So just make sure you take plenty of stops, you know, take your, take your boots off or take your shoes off, take your socks off, um, you know, put the right uh, kind of loop in on your feet too. But I think foot care is, is one of the biggest challenges of the towel rim trail, but it's very manageable if you know what to do. Has there been any lobbying by Nebraska or Nevada to reroute the PCT through the Nevada section of the Tahoe Rim Trail so that instead of just three states, it touches four states? I, I've uh, I've not heard that, but that that is a very plausible theory because I mean, who doesn't want to go to Nevada and uh, yeah. the PCT yeah. needs more states for sure. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if cut California in half. It'd be great. I mean, I, I bet you there's been a handful of PCT through hikers out there that that like see that split on the map, and they're just like, "To heck with it! I'm t- I'm going. I'm going to hit Nevada." I mean, yeah, I'm tired of California. Yeah. I've been here for so long. Shake it up a little bit. <laughs> and then you do the the Continental Divide Trail, and you're only missing Utah in the west of states you haven't walked through on a long distance hike. Good yeah. point. Wow. This is, so it's like a, a new, so you have the Tower Rim Trail, and then there could be a Tower Trail route, uh, which which is a great opportunity for some that is designed. Yeah, or yeah. like a like a TRT spur off mm-hmm. the PCT, you know. I, I can know. also tell you that there are a lot of toilets along the TRT <laughs> because you do all these road crossings, and there's like flush toilets. Um and uh you know for some people that's a big deal and in fact some of those toilets they have seat covers the paper seat cover things they're real fancy Mm. and um yeah high class i I mean the trail is high class yeah i missed the best toilet on trail by like five minutes just couldn't couldn't wait couldn't wait it was very Mm. disappointing that's the worst that's the worst it was horrible (laughs) One thing I remember about the TRT, and I'm sure it's even better today, is that the cell phone coverage while you're on that trail is pretty damn good. So if you if you were to get in a pickle, chances are you're going to have cell service, um, depending on your carrier. Or if you just wanted to watch some movies late at night. <laughs> or, or catch your latest version of the uh, the trail show. You don't need to yeah. download it in advance. Yeah. You can just yeah. listen. Stream it, man. Stream it Stream live, it. man. That's Stream right. live. That's right. Very cool. What else? What else do we need to know about the TRT before we ask you about your work with the TRTA? Perfect. Well, I think one thing I was just going to highlight too is that so the Tower Rim Trail is about um, forty years old. You know, this, this trail so episode is about ten years. Last time we hit the Tower Rim Trail, one thing that's really interesting when they first designed the Tower Rim Trail back in nineteen eighty one, they they projected about three thousand people would use it. 
Uh, last year, uh, 500,000 people used the Tile River Trail. Wow. So it's, um, you know, it, it's great access for through hiking, great access for day hiking. And it's, um, you know, just a, just a quality trail to check out. And again, for, for those folks who don't have, you know, months and months of time to go on a trail, this is a great way to, to scratch an itch, get out there and, uh, and really enjoy it. Very cool. So the Tahoe Rim Trail Association um, is basically the, the, the volunteers and, and members committed to maintaining and preserving the, the, the TRT. And my understanding is that you are on the board of the TRTA. So how did you get involved in that? It's uh, just passion for the trails um, and the, the quality. Of, and actually COVID helped enable it. I was the mm. first person to join outside um, the Tahoe Basin. I was wow. able to join meetings remotely via Zoom. Um, so it's it's a great organization. Um, it supports three things. First, um, it supports uh, trail trail ops, the building the trail, maintaining the trail, improving the trail. Second, uh, there's a huge effort in getting kids out on the trail. So there's huge efforts uh, around um, all sorts of different groups. They have, they have uh, different backpacking camps, different events on the Tom Rim Trail, and they also have also kind of adult kind of guided hikes as well. So you know, if, if you're, uh, you know, if you want that extra help, you want to go, you know, with a larger group, they have that option as well. So, um, and it's a great organization. It's really interesting too. It's, it's listening to the trail show. Uh, you talk about a lot of the issues that are facing trails in the West. The Tile Rim Trail is, is adapting to that. And um, it's really kind of changed from not just encouraging people to go to the trail, but being able to drive responsible use of the trail because so many people are out there. We need to make sure they follow the right leave no trace kind of principles. Uh, they take care of it and um, you know, we can leave it for generations to enjoy it to come. Awesome. Yeah. It looks like if you go to tahoerimtrail.org, you can click a link to either volunteer or donate or both. So get over there right now and uh, volunteer or donate or both. Exactly. And then it, if they're always, if all the three hikers are part of the 165 club and that's done for the Tahoe Rim Trail Association as well. So Hopefully we can get many more 165 club members from uh, trail show listeners. Oh, very well, cool. I mean, you said the trail is projected for what? 3000 people. And how many people are hiking it now? Yeah. 497,000 more. So for a total of about 5,000, 500,000. Well, there you go. It all started back in 2012 when we first covered the Tahoe rim trail. <laughs> trail show bump. <laughs> trail show bump. <laughs> a right. decade of trail show bump. <laughs> That's right. Quality, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and educating us about the TRT. Hopefully this was a, a bit, you know, did the TRT a little more justice than what we did back on episode number four. Mm -hmm. Some people might say that it sounds like an outstanding trail. <laughs> it is. The trail is definitely outstanding. Okay. All right, cool. Well, Quality, come wait, back on. Come, wait, yeah, we have yeah. another question for him. Speaking of of podcast bumps we hear that oh. that someone in your family has a podcast oh, yeah that oh, we my. you know could use a little more information on <laughs> i think trail show nation needs to know about but my 11 year old has a football podcast with his cousin called footballing with kids available on spotify so there are three episodes thus far i'm using his gear uh, for this as well so it's a little bit small on me it fits much better on him so we're, we're a, a podcasting family Wow. Oh, so check out amazing. the Footballing with Kids podcast on Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. 
That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, quality. Thanks again for coming on the show tonight. Everybody head over to the Tahoe Rim Trail, TahoeRimTrail.org. Uh, donate, volunteer, and get out on the trail this summer if you can. The TRT is waiting on you. Totally. Thank you. All right, quality. Catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Thank you. All right, folks. We've got a trip report from Skittles. Um, he is, as you know, he's on the Snowbird route the 5,000 mile hike from Key West to the Northern angle of Minnesota. And I think he just crossed his first state line. Hey, trail show nation. This is Skittles on the snowbird trail. And I have finally made it to my second state. I'm in Alabama, just crossed the border this morning from Florida into Alabama. Went from the blue blaze blackwater connector part of the Florida trail to now there's yellow blazes that actually mark the entire road walk through Alabama, which is kind of cool. Um, it's 230 miles of road walking. Uh, if they're like this first road, it won't be too bad. This is kind of a backcountry gravel road that is fairly remote and not bad at all, but I'm guessing we're gonna get into higher, like more paved roads. The Florida Trail, the last bit that I've done I would say it wasn't as good as the the first part of the Florida Trail. The weather has been a little bit worse for me. I've had about half the nights have been below freezing and had a lot more rain and just cooler weather. And the trail itself hasn't generally been as good. There's been some really cool sections like the um, England Air Force Base was pretty nice. But overall, there was a lot more road walking and when you weren't on roads, you were in wilderness management areas where they were hunting deer with all their dogs. It was crazy how many hunters I've been seeing out here zipping up and down the roads in their trucks while their dogs chase the deer to them. So I've been pretty much wearing my high-vis orange vest like all the time because I'm either on a road or a place where they're hunting. I have a few friends coming down to help me out on this road walk part, so I'll get the flak pack a good share of it. I have a friend from Indiana coming down for a few days, and then there's this uh, guy named Disco, who is gonna come over to Montgomery and help me out for a couple days, so that would be cool. And then in about 230 miles, I'll get to the Penhody Trail, and I've heard good things about that trail, so I'm looking forward to that and get up back into a little bit more of a Appalachian style trail. So I've got about 1300 miles that are done and another 1300 miles will actually get me pretty much all the way up into Ohio. So things will feel like they're moving a little quicker than all of this two and a half months that I've spent in one state. Um, all the other, I probably have about 3,700 miles more left to go. So I will call back in next week and talk to you later skittles wow there he is ladies and gentlemen just crossed into the heart of dixie i was gonna congratulate him on getting out of florida but then he was like i'm in alabama so i didn't know <laughs> i should congratulate him or <laughs> and send it's condolences. All, all roads too in alabama right yeah that yeah. 230 all mile roads. road walk yeah i'm actually gonna huh. fly it down um, my dad lives in, in Alabama, so I'm going to fly down to go visit my dad, but also to slack pack Skittles from the, the south end of Montgomery um, through Montgomery in somewhere north of Montgomery. So 
it's interesting because POD and Skittles and I got some great, great, great trail magic as we've talked about while we were in New Zealand. And um, yeah, Heaps' dad slack packed us through Auckland and Auckland is way bigger than Montgomery. Yeah. So his dad slack packed us. It seemed like five days of slack packing to get all the way through Auckland. It won't take that long to get Skittles through Montgomery, but Montgomery, ah, it's, it's a, I've never tried to walk through it. And frankly, I, I'm having a hard time, like imagining what that would be like. So I think it's a good thing to have someone slack pack you through that part of the Alabama roadwalk. I'm just guessing. So yeah, Skittles is um, out there getting it done. By the way, he recently met up with Buck 30 and Steady right before Ooh. he crossed into Alabama. So I, I saw a photo and um, yeah, they were all out there. I don't know. It looked like they were just lounging around eating Snickers. Drinking soda. <laughs> Seems about right. Drinking Diet Coke. Man, can you imagine <laughs> the Buck 30 Skittles like diet uh, potluck? The pot. Uh, <laughs> like, uh. It's just uh, like donuts and giant diet cokes, right? I mean, no, that Skittles is better. Buck 30 oh. still got the worst trail diet of anyone I know. I mean, it's just horrible, you know. I don't even know how that guy still has his teeth. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> hey, hey, um, actually, hey. I have something that I think would fit really well into here a, a particular call we got on the hotline that I will play right now. This is Sunwalker, aka Heaps, calling in from the top of the Tongariro Crossing in New Zealand. I've got with me Hugo, the Big E, and Ruby Rucksucker. We are knocking it out of the park on a blue sky day. Uh, we were here about six years ago with POD Disco and Skittles, and we miss you guys. Come back when you can. Oh, one more message from the kids. <laughs> oh man that's fantastic wow yeah so we were there with him six years ago and now he's there with his kids and i guess they can all hike it because um they can talk too they can talk too i remember him carrying his yes oldest son um like seven miles yeah i mean (laughs) his his oldest son was a pretty little kid yeah back then but yeah he did four or something or three i don't even know just like in his arm or in a yeah (laughs) i think fireman fireman monkey style you know Uh so no back no (laughs) carrier he was just like yeah on his his shoulders like seven miles like that i was when you say monkey style do you mean the child was sitting on his shoulders no i mean he had like reuben Ruben was facing him. So uh-huh. Ruben's legs were around his waist and his uh, hands were around his neck and they were oh, like wow. face to face, you know, but huh. Ruben was asleep. Dilo, have you carried any of your children like that for miles and miles? Um, I think the longest I have carried a child, not in a carrier designed for carrying children was like Mateo has gotten some shoulder rides that might've been like a mile, maybe two, maybe two. Okay. But, yeah. 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 You got to make those kids walk. They all walk thing. now. Nobody, nobody gets, can I get a shoulder ride? <laughs> no, <laughs> you better walk. That's pretty cool to hear them. Um, one of the, the saddest things, one of the saddest things I ever heard was that there's one day when your dad or your mom will pick you up for the last time and you don't even realize it. Yeah, oh. it is a sad thing. It's sad for the child <laughs> and the child will keep 
keep asking to be carried. Can I get a shoulder ride? Can I get a shoulder ride? Will you carry me up that mountain, dad? No, son, you weigh 60 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but it's wonderful for the parents that final yes. day, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. That was really cool to have them call in from the top of the Tonga River crossing. That was really cool. And by the way, if you're ever in New Zealand, go hike the Tongariro Alpine Crossing. It's unreal. It's incredible. Did you say go hike the Te Araroa Trail? (laughs) Wait, I hear you endorse hiking in New Zealand? Yeah, did you say go hike the Te Araroa? The Tongariro Alpine Crossing (laughs) is only one day of hiking, and you should do it if you're there. (laughs) And you should also meet up with the Stantons because they are a badass hiking family. Hey, before we go to break... I have some breaking news. You guys ready for this? Oh, whose baby is that? Oh, who is that? that? That's not the peanut or the piglet. It's the uh, baby plover. Congratulations to Tough Broad and Best Wets. Peace and love. Welcome, baby baby plover into the family over the weekend wow look how sweet congratulations peace and love peace and love peace and love peace and love all right let's go to break when we come back we're gonna have some more beer to talk about we've also got audio roulette so get ready for that it's from the vampire the drill show will be back and lisa and we never listen to the trail show all right folks the trail show is back we've just cracked some new beverages i don't normally drink these hard seltzers because i think they're kind of a fad however bootstrap brewing actually makes a sparkalicious hard seltzer with real grapefruit and i'm quite fond of the grapefruit ipas when they're in season so i said what the heck i'm gonna try this one and um it's actually quite quaffable quite delicious although it doesn't taste like a February beverage. It tastes like a July or August beverage, but um, apparently has 5% real grapefruit juice. It's 4.5 ABV. It's quite delicious. How about you all? I did sample it. POD, what'd you think? I thought it was delicious. I wanted to drink the whole thing, but I refrained because of the, the ibuprofen. Yeah. I'm actually really glad that you're having a hard seltzer disco because I have a hard seltzer as well. Arizona ranch water, agave hard seltzer. And I thought I would get yelled at for having a hard seltzer, but it is inspired by the thirsty arid climate of the Sonoran desert. This local agave hard seltzer boasts notes of Arizona lime agave and a delicious effervescent mouthfeel. It's awesome from good. Hus Brewing Company. It is. It's quite refreshing. I feel like Arizona ranch water should have a little tinge of Giardia in it. <laughs> you know, it's really funny that you two are both drinking hard seltzers because I am not drinking a hard okay. seltzer. Uh, okay. okay. In, fact, in fact, I am drinking the Mad Elf by Trogues Independent Brewing, which is a holiday ale brewed with cherries and honey. 
and it comes in at a whopping 11% ABV. And you have to serve it in the chalwa. Wow, it looks like wine. It looks like barley oh, he's wine. got a chalice, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I have a chalice. And you can probably drink this once a year. It's a spicy Belgian with yeast and cherries and Bing, Lambert, Van, Churse. Royal Anne, and Montmorency. Montmorency. Those are different types of cherries. Cherries. And it's uh, it's just it's just quite good. And Wendy those is, beers are. Wendy is here in the background. She's about to take a sip. Ask Wendy what she thinks of it. It's interesting. It's a, interesting can mean many different things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, that beer is compliments of Brian Saum. Mm. Brian Saum. I didn't. I didn't get to meet Twinkle when I was picked it up off his porch. He wasn't there, but uh. Well, but you know, Brian Saum is not Twinkle. I know. I don't even okay. know who Brian Saum is. Okay. I don't either. But thank um, you, Brian Saum, for sending us beer, and thank you, Pod, for dropping it off here on your way to points further east. That was disco. I would oh, never. Thank you. Where were you going? Oh, you're flying to Alabama. Where were no, you that that's next week. I was yeah. up in um, Denver area recently. I have no good reason except to go bowling. bowling. <laughs> and uh to go to a party with some old some guys i used to bowl league with okay that's uh, it Dilo, how was the uh hershey porter <laughs> yeah oh, i thought it was delicious it was delicious okay. it was no. it was not over the top chocolate um it was very good it, it was not over the top sweet i have uh mm. i've had some much sweeter things lately like pink chocolate Oh, I do not so recommend. Don't do it. I can't believe Choco Choco Love makes. They made uh, it last year too. It was disgusting. Oh, you've had that before? Oof, nasty. That sounds nasty. My children I mean, love it. They're just like, it's <laughs> so good. Can I have more? More. <laughs> it's so sweet. What was that flash of lightning called again, Dila? The Mega Flash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Triple O, can we go to one more hotline call before we get into audio roulette? Absolutely, we can We can do a hotline call. Um, this is actually a quick series of calls. I think it's important to play them all. Um, you'll see why. What's up, Trail Show? This is Lemuel. Just uh, out doing some uh, cross-country skiing here in beautiful Oil Creek State Park. Just standing in the hemlock with about 18 inches of light snow here. And... Uh, beautiful day and not listening to the trail show <laughs> triple o man that last one was awful can i try again what's up trail show this is lemuel just at uh cross-country skiing among the hemlocks and in beautiful oil creek state park and not listening to the trail show <laughs> <laughs> you can see why we needed to play them all right because right. you know of course. it's important <laughs> That was fan- fantastic. Sounds Lemuel, like a- who sends the coffee. Yeah. The, Thank you for the coffee. The delicious coffee. So this is going to be our wild card segment this evening. Uh, Wampire, to make up for lost time and all those trail shows that he was missing in action. He sent us a bunch of audio clips this month, including um, he sent me a note. He says, hi, trail show. In honor of your famous audio sample show, I also recorded a few myself. I have to get a proper microphone for that next trip. Here are my audio samples. Maybe you want to read my description of each audio sample after playing each clip so that uh, the TTS team can guess it first. Here's how this is going to go down. I'm going to share my screen. 
I'm going to play an audio clip. And this is all audio that he sampled while he was out hiking. And I'll just play the clip. And then you all have to guess what we're listening to, what we're hearing. All right. Okay. <laughs> I heard that. I did hear a screech. A screech. A screech owl, maybe? Yeah. I don't know if it's day or night, so it's hard to say. I heard a bug. I heard this. All right. That was a woodpecker, apparently. Really? Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Let's go to um let's go to clip three. I feel I think, like that's uh, the the train station waiting area, maybe. The mu the music that the taxi cab driver was playing. So apparently that was the uh, typical music playing in a Bosnian cafe. Hmm. Ah, okay. You are you are pretty far east. Yep. All right, let's go yeah. to clip four. Cows. Cows. Yep. Sheep. Cows. Okay. Cows on cow trail. Bells, cow bells, wind blowing on trail. What All are right. we doing? What are we doing here? This is audio <laughs> we're, roulette. We're trying Come to guess. Come on, man. Clip what five. These yeah. audio clips They're from are. Vampire. He's at the mosque. He's in, he's in the city. vehicles too i do hear vehicles he's at the is coffee it a procession shop. of monks or something close a holy parade a funeral okay so i i don't know this term but he said it's um it's a musin so first time for me to hear a musin hiking clip from a small village in montenegro i spent a zero day there so i guess this is like the sounds you would hear in a small village in Montenegro. All right, we've got two more. I'm, I'm sorry, we've got three more. Let's go to a clip. This is awesome. A child playing with this squeaky toy that they stole from a dog. No, no. Some sort of bird. Okay, he says it's a strange night bird. That he has no idea what. Oh, come it's on, called. that is not helpful. How can I guess? Like he doesn't even know. German right, vampire. Go. That's not very German of you. Strange That's not very specific. Bird. Horses. Yep. And cobblestone. Yep. And last but not least, our final clip in Vampire Roulette. Crickets. Really? Oh, I thought it was. Someone peeing on an electric fence. <laughs> I think you'd hear some screaming too. All right. Yeah, he said it was just a strange cricket. That is so a very strange cricket. You all did very good with um, Vampire Roulette, and your reward will be whatever it is you're drinking in your cup. In out of your chalice. Yep. Chalwa. Very huh. good. That was cool. I like wow, it. That was an awesome segment. We should do that again. Yep. I like it. <laughs>
I think our listeners will love it. It's so entertaining. <laughs> you need yeah. donations this month. We did. Let me just get the sheet out here. Get the sheet out. Let's get this sheet out of here. <laughs> Shut the front door. Yep. All right. Okay, we have our monthly donors. Are you ready for me to read them? Yes. I'm going to read them in a little different style this time. Oh, new style. Are you ready? New year, new Hoosiers. Yeah, that's right. You ready? Yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. There we go. Gummy bear, not fuss, pisco, the, smoke it if you got it, dang, cottonmouth, pinkerstein, bowl of pasta, as big as your cowbell. Quality Vermont, the bouncer, the weekend, the hustler, the brute, she raw, haggis addict, chickpea and honeydew, not Tim, meat popsicle, pecker, lost balls, adequate, the switch and the big, sisu, Felipe, geode, Robin, Sheboygan Brewing, die, bama, die, Vermont, ho, ho, <laughs> Rostwater, Lemuel, what a guy, nuclear farmer, compass, robber, fun dips, kill bill, DMT, Yukon Caboose, Got Phantom Hooch, True Love, Iron Triangle, Pocket Protector, Kerminator, Stingray, Maverick, Pangent, Piper, Leocri, and Flash. Wow, how did you do that? What? We couldn't say our thing. I'm out of breath. I, actually had to make up, I had to make up some names for some of these folks because they don't, <laughs> don't have names. Did you but... even breathe when you read all those names? I breathe through my nose. I do circular breathing, wow. like for the didgeridoo. So, oh, very oh, nice. No, that's something you learned in New Zealand, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how did didgeridoo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didgeridoo. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take our last break. When we come back, we've got trail. We've got a trail tip from the vampire, and Ooh. we've also got ask a hiker with Delo. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Tomato, and I never listen to The Trail Show. All right, folks, before we get into Ask a Hiker with D'Lo, we've got a few trail tips this month. Um, let's go to our... Actually, P.O.D., you had a trail tip. Maybe I do we'll have a trail there. tip that occurred to me while we were interviewing Justin Quality Knowles. He talked about how one of the biggest challenges that a hiker will face would be um, your feet because they're not trail hardened. So even if you're running and stuff, blah, 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 blah. Some of you who are around me or hike with me might know that the balls of my feet in the summertime are like, it sounds like plastic when you tap on them. They're, I have the best ball calluses. Yeah, it's out of control. Hasht- hashtag ball calluses. Anyway, <laughs> um, they're really awesome. And um, they, they allow me to, it makes so my feet don't hurt. And I think, I'm trying to think about why, it's probably just the skin that I have, it's gross. But um, 
I also think that if you, when you're doing your training in the springtime, if you wear the same socks all week while you're doing your training, they get kind of like sand and dirt in them and stuff. Instead of using fresh socks each time for a week, wear the same socks when you're running, not like day to day, but when you're running and hiking, just because give me a thumbs down. And I think that will help harden your feet. Mm. It's like some forced abuse slash abrasion. I think. I don't know. Because that's know. what I do. I'm lazy about washing my clothes, like socks. So I have socks that I wear to work. And then I have like my running socks and they're different. And I wear the same socks for running all week. And I think that's maybe what. <laughs> I think maybe my feet are so dirty. That's, that's why they get the hashtag ball callus because there's so much like sand and grit constantly being abraded so seems like know. a good way to get a hole in your sock more quickly yeah maybe just saying i don't get holes in my socks more quickly than you do though in fact if anything it's the opposite say what you seem to get holes in your socks more quickly than i do what do you do when you get a hole in your sock do you send, do you mend send, it or do you throw them away i send it back to darn tough and i get a new pair of socks really but what if they're not darn tough socks? You only I wear only darn wear darn tough socks. Like that's all I wear. Same here. Like throughout your day, like you're wearing darn darn tough socks right now. Right now. Really? See. Yep. Huh. That's I haven't I heard. Wear. I feel like I heard that so someone who like recommended like putting dirt in your shoe and walking really? around. See. To toughen up your feet before a through hike. I, I feel like I've read that somewhere. I don't know where. I never did it, so I don't know. That that sounds like putting chains in a backpack and hiking around a train for a through hike. I'm uh, just saying, I know that I have some pretty darn amazing. Darn tough, No, very good. Ball callus. <laughs> and... Hashtag ball callus. Yeah, hashtag ball callus. I think we've got our hashtag for the show. Uh, I I buy discount socks. Yeah. Except except I'll buy a pair of those darn tough socks and wear them like all summer long till they get holes in them type of thing. You know, ankle high, above the ankle bone thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I've got on yeah. right now. But I, I wash them. I wash, I wash them. mine too. Yeah, washing, yeah. washing socks is recommended. That's a trail tip for you. Wash your socks, wash people. Wash your socks, man. All right, let's go to another trail tip uh, from our good friend, the German vampire. You may remember him from about five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Hey, Trail Show, here's a German vampire with a trail tip. And the trail tip is know your food. So if you don't know the product, uh, the language the product is described, or even the script, because it's a Kyrillic script, um, either or all of them, then the thing is um, try it. So if you don't want to munch uh, on buckwheat flakes instead of oatmeal or on fried pig skin instead of potato chips, uh, use this trail tip, Vampire Out. Okay, I I don't know about that one, but Vampire had another trail tip that was actually Wait, a be follow-up. Before we go to sure. the next trail tip, I just want to talk briefly about fried pig skins. Okay. Because... Because I was at a grocery store the other day and they had some gourmet mm -hmm. pork rinds for sale. And I looked 
to see what these really were because I have never eaten pork rinds, mm. but they really were fried pig skins in a fancy looking bag next to the checkout counter at the grocery store. And yeah. I have never eaten pork rinds and I don't think I ever really will. And that, yeah. yeah, that's, that's just about it. Dilo, one thing I can tell you about pork rinds, which you know, I grew I up mean, in the South, so they and were people very, eat. Yeah, people eat pork rinds. But right? but but apparently, pork rinds are keto, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't know I'm much sure about keto. Yeah. I've never done the keto thing, but mm-hmm. I have a good friend who's very much a keto enthusiast, and I hiked some miles with him back in um in October in New Mexico, and he was carrying pork rinds with him as snacks to eat on trail almost every day that we were out there so all right i'll try them i'll give it a shot because i don't really i mean they're salty i will eat pigs (laughs) i will eat pigs i like eating pigs i'm not one of these people that thinks like pigs are intelligent dude you gotta get triple o's dad to come over to your house and roast a 70 pound pig that's no i haven't i haven't done that sort of thing since i was in college man i went to some pig roasts in college and all that stuff is good yeah this is a cuban thing better yeah you do it the cuban style man yeah yeah no these were like these were like drunk (laughs) drunk college people roasting pigs but they they roasted the pigs pretty well they did a good good job the pigs are roasting midday the evening the sun went down we started eating the pig mm. at the by the end of the night somebody was eating the eyeballs it's good stuff hashtag oh trichinosis no 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 not if it's hashtag eyeball callus all right so so vampire wanted to address the business of stealing cutlery because he feels like oh, he yes. was oh good the, yeah, yeah misquoted Hey, Treasure Nation, the vampire again with a clarification. It looks like most of the listeners misunderstood my tip about how to get a spoon uh, as a suggestion to steal cutlery. And uh, I want to stress that uh, this is uh, clearly not what I wanted to get across. So the main thing is that in all the countries I hiked so far, I did not speak the local language. And in the Mediterranean villages, uh, especially, you're more likely to find several cafes than a shop uh, not to speak of a shop uh, that uh, sells spoons so it's much easier to explain with your hands and gestures that you want to exchange money for the spoon in a cafe and actually the only time i tried it um, after two minutes of uh, uh, waving um, and trying to explain it with my hands to the waitress she gave the spoon uh, to me for free so always pay for your cutlery and uh, it's just an easy way to look what the spoons look like and uh, to get one vampire out i hope that clarification okay, yeah. Like, yeah i i would not really feel all that bad about stealing spoon i mean i just wouldn't why am i not surprised by that i mean it's a spoon you're at a restaurant you could borrow uh-huh. a spoon from the rest not yeah, the other i mean thing. we all, might as well all just go to the restaurants and get our cutlery from the restaurants let's just all, do that, all see what do that but if you're hiking and you need a spoon mm-hmm. and there's no spoon store i mean sometimes you'll have a spoon store i mean i've been to a lot of places on trail that have spoon stores and i'm more than or a happy. thrift store to go in there and buy a spoon at the spoon store but when there's no spoon store taco bell it's easy to get cutlery when you're in just, god's country i mean it's well true. maybe he's carrying yeah. a real metal spoon too 
Well, no, he wants a real spoon in Europe. I'd bet dollars to donuts that the spoon he got and said like Serbian cafe was metal. I mean, so you could just take the spoon. We're the land of plastic POD. If you are a through hiker, you could feel that entitlement. Like I'm a through hiker. I can just take the spoon, but just think, (laughs) just think what what a difference. No, what, what a difference it would make for the people working there. If you offered to pay. Think about their perception of, of hikers. But what what if, if they don't understand you because you speak They will understand German. if you point to the spoon and you hold up a five euro and you're like, I want this spoon. Here's five euros. What five if they euros take euros? And if they decline, if they decline like the money, silver? whatever, if they <laughs> decline the money, that's on them. But I think the gesture is actually more important than the, the financial exchange outcome. What if you offer to pay in Bitcoin? Okay, very good. I I think it would be harder to do when there's a language barrier. One Bitcoin per spoon. Yeah. I wonder, maybe you can buy like a virtual spoon in the metaverse and then that would not help you unless your trail diet is only virtual food. (laughs) Okay, very good. Virtual food is in fact keto friendly, is from what I understand. I, I hear McDonald's is getting into the metaverse. You can go buy a virtual Big Mac whenever you get hungry. That definitely makes your pack lighter. Still be hungry. <laughs> All right. Ask a hiker with Dilo, ladies and gentlemen. Dilo, did so, you get any questions? I did, and they were all about stealing spoons. <laughs> wow. So I'm going to skip those because stealing spoons from restaurants when you're hard up for cutlery seems like a very controversial subject, and I don't like to bring controversy to the trail show anymore. So therefore, anymore. I'm going to I'm going to step yeah anymore. <laughs> therefore, I'm going to step into a less controversial question, which has to do with gear. Here we go. Question number one of one. What's up, trail show? I want to talk to you about gear. I know you're all about trails, beer, and nonsense. There's no gear in that tagline. But I know you all use gear, have gear, and occasionally need to replace gear. Now I'm no gearhead, but I'm not going to sleep under a piece of plastic film and chew coffee beans for breakfast in the morning. Grandma Gatewood, I ain't. But I do find myself needing to replace gear every now and again. A 15-year-old trekking pole can't be fixed. A cat shredded my tent. You know the story. So my question is, how best do I go about finding out what to replace my aging gear with? As soon as I look online, I'm overwhelmed by the options. I'd like to know how you go about replacing gear when the time comes. How do you research your choices? Where do you shop? What factors seal the deal? Any tips and suggestions to point me in the right direction would be much appreciated. Cheers, Glenn Beam who says that he is no relation to Jim. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Glenn Bame. That's the question. Gear. How do you go about replacing your gear when you haven't bought gear for like 10 years? Things have changed in 10 years. They sure have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I found this out. I uh, had a pair of trekking poles that were a solid 15 years old. And they were the kind with the expander nuts around yeah. the screws that slide up into the shaft and expand to lock them in place. 
And I said, it's time. These are failing on me. It's time to replace these. Very antiquated at this juncture. Oh, yeah. I came to find out when I went to a few stores and looked to buy those expander nuts, which you could buy five, 10 years ago, but not anymore. Yeah. And then I looked online to see what could I po- could I possibly order these things online? Oh, yeah. From like Europe for like $50, <laughs> at which point it became quite apparent that it was time to buy a new pair of trekking poles. So hmm. in my case, I chose a brand of trekking poles that I use, have used before, rather than expanding my horizons. And they all have their little snap clips now. And I, and I bought a pair of trekking poles from the local outdoor store. Well, trekking poles are pretty easy to buy, but I think, you know, the question is about all the other things, backpack, tent, Questions about everything. Bag. Yeah. Um, I would recommend Treeline Review as a place to start because good they place have, for foldable kayaks i hear yes they have everything but they also like narrow it down you know what i mean they're like best budget best high end so you can kind of pick and choose where you want to spend your money and mm-hmm. they've they've done the research on camp stoves and sleeping pads and sleeping bags and um, they don't make you dig for it they tell you no. right out of the gate what their yep. picks are like you don't have to read you don't have to spend 10 minutes like digging into the article searching for the answer like they give yeah. it to you right out of the gate yep. boom yep as i um, do like treeline by the way those clip those trekking poles with clips buy extra clips now you're probably going to need them pod don't throw any specific company under the bus but i'm not uh, going to throw my experience <laughs> with those was great i have broken yeah. a couple of clips and it was my fault it was user error yep. and they Tighten have them sent them to me replacements yeah they've sent me replacements <laughs> for free yeah so i'm not gonna D- throw D-Log, that company under the bus get some extra clips before those also go obsolete when the next style of trekking pole comes into fashion mm. that's actually a good tip right there is just to kind of buy some of those uh key replacement parts and tuck yep. them away because if i had expanded nuts i could have kept my trekking poles for another 10 years yeah and you know when yeah. it comes to gear i feel like hikers with more miles under their belts I feel like really have preferences about what they like and they're similar, but not always the same. And if you have access to like the PCT or the CDT, um, I would say one thing you can do is go hike a section during through hiker season. And you'll see that there's like only like three brands of tents that, that people are carrying for the most part, or there's like, you know, only a few brands of, of backpacks or whatever, or, or you'll see, you know, several different kinds. I think it's a good way to see like what people are actually using for backpacking trips. And these people are putting lots of miles on them. So, you know, there's also no harm in sticking with gear that, you know, and that has yeah, worked for you for over sure. the years, right? Like yeah. let's yeah. say you had a Patagonia midweight capoline thermal top that you've worn for like yeah. 18 years and the elbows are falling apart. The sleeves are shredded. Spend 80 bucks and buy another one. Yeah. You know, you'll have it yeah. for another 20 years. Like if that's what you yeah. like, if that's what works yeah. for you, get that. Totally. So I, one I, thing- like that's kind of what you guys are saying about tree line review, right? It's like there, there's some folks that review things and you trust them and they're telling you, you know, good stuff and you're not having to work too hard for it. So find, find something you like, find somebody you trust and, and, you know, follow their advice. I would also say that um, when I'm buying gear now, I try and buy gear that I know is, even if it's more expensive, I know it's like the, the perfect thing that I want. 
because I think a lot of times I used to like try and skimp out on the cheaper gear or gear that was on sale and not get the one that really fit what I wanted. And I end up eventually having to buy the one I wanted anyway. Um, and this stuff, especially if you hike a lot, is worth it to spend the extra $100 or the extra $200 or something to get the, the perfect piece that's going to be probably better made. It's probably going to last you longer. You're always going to be happy with it. I think um, when you divide the price up by how much you're going to use it, um, it's it's worth it to get. And the I would say right down to like colors of gear. Like sometimes for some reason, like the blue shirt is fifteen dollars more than the yellow shirt or whatever. If you want the blue one, then spend the extra fifteen dollars because if you're the type of person that's going to go, you know, hiking many many weekends or you know whatever, or not even a long distance, if you're going to spend your summer outside when you have time you're going to be happy about that $15 every time you wear that blue shirt. And, you know, if you go 15 times, you've paid an extra dollar each time you've gone hiking, but it's brought you a lot of joy. And yeah. you never know who you're going to meet on the trail in that blue That's shirt. True. You that never know whose TikTok video you you're going to show up in. When you're in a yellow shirt, because nobody yeah. likes yellow shirts on the Butter trail. yellow, especially so, gross. Butter so much yellow. Dirt. Although I do got to say, if you find yourself in possession of a butter colored knit sweater from LL Bean, you might want to think twice about sending that back. Well, that's, you know that's, that brings up an important point, which is that if you can get your hands on it to look at it, I think you can really yeah, like true. it's important to actually see this stuff. So sometimes online you don't get to see it. So go to your or local stores it. and touch it and see the different jackets, see which how they feel and what they look like. Yeah. I've got like a weird uh, thing that's happened to me over the years with gear in that I'm not really attached to any piece of gear any, any longer. As an example, last year, I took it upon myself to find the perfect sleeping pad. And I ended up trying five different sleeping pads. And I've got one that I still love because I think it's the best sleeping pad for side sleepers. I've talked about it on the show before. I won't we still recommend don't really it, know what it is, though. I, I, that's right. And I can't recommend it because the durability problems with this pad are so legendary and so well-known and talked about online that, like, people would send me hate mail if they went and bought this pad because it would probably explode, you know, after the first I've night. I've had three of them pop. Yeah, and I've, I've had one pop. Or but, get a hole. Whatever. So I don't actually use that. I use that pad for car camping because the stakes are a little lower when you're car camping, right? Um, when I'm, I'm hiking, I actually found a different pad, but I tried a bunch and, you know, I could try more. And if one works better than the next for my purposes, I'll use it for, for now. And then maybe next year or something different. I don't know. I just, um, like, I, I see a lot of people that are really adamant about specific brands and about, you know, not using anything other than this brand or that model. And I don't, None of that means anything to me anymore. So I, I just try anything and everything. And if something works that year, then great. I might try something different the next year, um, which isn't really helpful to our, our uh, question. Our, well, the I think the question, message is feel free to try stuff. And if what you new have stuff. doesn't work. Yeah, try new stuff. That's fine. Yeah. If what I'm, someone I'm gonna, else loves doesn't work for you, no you big know, deal. I'm still on the search for a water filter that is more to my liking while I'm actually long distance hiking. And I've tried them all, including the most, 
you know, common ones you've heard of. I'm trying a new one in March. And oh, I've got the perfect water filter for you. Yeah. What is it? It's called dip and sip. Dip and sip. You know what? <laughs> dip and Skittles. sip brand. Skittles yeah. would agree with that, dip man. And I mean, brand I, water filter. I'm the fool that's like spending time, you know, wasting time on trail and effort, like trying to filter water and skits is just putting his Gatorade bottle in the, you know, in the cow tank and bottoms up mm-hmm. and he's fine. And he's drinking and that his, Arizona ranch water straight. His belly is tough <laughs> and his belly is tough. That's right. A lot of stuff living in there. I mean, he just hiked through Florida. He was probably dipping and sipping oh in canals and who swamp, knows what, drinking swamp water, well, like syringes swamp. in his water bottle. <laughs> Come hey, on, no, sir, it is swamp Beauty, how dare you? Some old band aids, crisp swamp water out somebody's, here. Somebody's ball callus that peeled off. Dilo, did you have any more questions this month? Nope, that was it. I think that was a good one. I I, I like to just have one question a month because now our questions kind of become very in-depth discussions of really yeah, heated yeah. matters that, that people feel strongly or could care less about in your case. Yeah. So yeah. very good. Well, and with that, this is the part of the show where the show ends. Wait, I think we have some more calls. We have two calls. Oh, let's two go back calls. to the hotline. Okay. These are critical calls, including one from the president. Whoa. Please hold for the president of Aldo West. Hey, Trail Show. This is Trip Delight. One of my staff informed me that on December podcast number 113, we decided to change the rules on what constitutes an SKP record. And by using your cylinder rules, it took away my SKP record for the PCT for 46 years and 12 days. After consulting with our lawyers, they informed me that if you are changing the rules, you must submit a bill to the legislative body and have a go for a formal vote within the hiking communities. So I need you to publicly rescind your rules and reestablish my SKT record, or our lawyers will be talking to your lawyer. See you on the trail. <laughs> All right, Triple O, this is your department, ma'am. Where, where do you weigh in I on mean, this? We don't, we don't accept threats. We don't respond to threats. We simply we believe our rules are correct. And we also believe that we're the right governing body to determine who, what the rules are. So feel free to challenge that. I believe. Also, can... it sounds like he was recording that from inside his sleeping bag. <laughs> it's possible. I think it's he was possible. Dutch ovening himself. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> our our final call i think is is actually a great way to end the show it's a it's a you know a jingle oh trails exciting and new hike along we're expecting you the trail show soon we'll be making another one the trail show promises something for everyone. There you wow. have it. Wow. <laughs> out of order, send me that audio clip. I'm going to make use of it on every show from here on out. That's that was that really was incredible. Who beautiful. sent that? That was wonderful. That was really beautiful. Do we know? I We don't know. We don't know. Wow. Thank you, caller. God I bless. I wonder you. if it was anonymous um, caller. You know, back on the trail. No, might have been. Uh, no. Could have been. 
No, it kind of sounded it sounded uh, like Dave. Sound familiar. Geode. It sounded like play it Dave, one more time. Play it one Dave more time. Dave Geode Hale. No, no, it yeah. sounded like um. Trails, exciting and new. Hike <laughs> along. We're expecting you. The trail show. Soon we'll be making another one. The trail show promises something for everyone. I think it's Brute. I think it's Ammon the Brute Bruce. I could be wrong, but yeah. I'm, 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 that's what I'm feeling. You don't think it's Pat the Bouncer Dixon? I don't think it's Pat Dixon. I don't no. think it's Pat. The, I don't think it's oh, Pat okay. the Bouncer. No. Maybe it's Skittles. He's got a good singing voice. You know, yeah, I just he does. And he that, does. that could have been. Ah, wow. The pronunciation wasn't Minnesota enough. Yeah, though. it wasn't Minnesotan enough. Although I think when he sings properly, the Minnesota thing goes away. But yeah, know, what on it? Anyway, folks, this is the part <clears throat> of the show where the show ends. We want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Justin Quality Knowles for Quality. talking to us about the Tahoe Rim Trail. Big thanks to the German Vampire for all of that audio audaciousness. So much audio. And big thanks to Skittles for giving us that update from the snowboard route in the heart of Dixie. And thanks goes to all our monthly donors. You all are the fuel that keeps this podcast chugging along. You too can join our esteemed list of monthly donors by heading over to paypal.me slash trailshow or by clicking the PayPal button at thetrailshow.com. Sometimes we are on social media at Twitter slash trailshow, Instagram and Facebook at the trail show we are on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and everywhere else you download your favorite shows another trail show is coming gone but don't fret we'll be back in the ides of march for our spring equinoxapalooza that is guaranteed to be full of beers trails and nonsense until then i'd like to leave you with some words from walt whitman's song of the open road Afoot and lighthearted, I take to the open road. Healthy, free, the world before me. The long brown path before me leading wherever I choose. For POD, D-Lo, Triple O, and Quality, I'm Disco. Ciao. Can I, can I say a few words before we go? The trail show. Can I say a few words? Exciting and new, D-Lo. The stars at night are big and bright oh no not that guy again please deep in the heart <laughs> of dixie oh that's a different guy. oh dixie yeah yeah that's what skittles is singing okay here yeah. we go that's uh, that's why it just came to mind one a two a one two three the stars at night, night are big and bright. Dixie. Oh, is it Dixie or Texas? Uh, it's actually Texas. It's not Dixie. What? Should we do it one more time? I are you know. sure? I don't really know. The stars at night are deep in the heart. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is Texas. It's not Dixie. Sorry. Anyway, that's the show. Make a flash. I think in both cases only, um, yeah, gave them a pet, short one. 
because I know what I got sure. and I know what I ain't got. Okay. One of the saddest things I ever heard was that there's one day when your dad or your mom will pick you up for the last time and you don't even realize it. Will you carry me up that mountain, dad? No, son, you weigh 60 pounds. Big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Texas. Texas. It's not Dixon. Oh, well, Damn it. Sorry, Skittles. Don't I'm not going to sing about Texas. Yeah, I didn't really want to There's another that. song no, about that. Texas that I like to karaoke sometimes. Oh, yeah. What's that? Oh, my exes live in Texas. Oh, man. You got to be real drunk to karaoke. That's why that I hang my head in Tennessee. <laughs>